hey, it's been a hot minute of me recording my podcast uh, via StreamYard with video because I've been so unmotivated and kind of lazy and just, I don't know, it's quicker to record the audio only if you're, if you're listening to the my podcast via podcast, not watching. I have some makeup on and I'm filming my face today, which is shocking. It's been since, I don't know, who cares to get this shit. Uh, what's going on? This is Lindsay. I don't, I don't need to do the intro anymore of me saying who I am because um, I'm pretty sure you know by now. So I realized how incessant that was. This uh, episode is going to be about birth control. Um, this was some stuff that I... Well, I've known about how awful birth control is for a while, and I just have, haven't focused on bringing it into the podcast until now because I stumbled across, I stumbled across an article uh, that kind of re-reminded me, and I kept finding these other great articles from the same website, and I had, other, I had all these other links to talk about today, just of the insanity of the world, typical insanity, but I kind of find that to be uh, same crap over and over. And I'm like, why don't I just focus this episode on birth control and other ways of tracking your cycle, really? So we'll see how much time that covers. Let me add my window here. Let me see. I have done, I have not done StreamYard in ages. Uh, this is probably better. So this is uh, actually what I remember hearing about stuff like this about birth control and how it really alters your natural ability, your natural innate animalistic sense of finding a mate. Um, I think on Joe Rogan and it blew my mind and it's just one of those things that you hear and it's undeniable how, how, uh, how true it is and how it resounds in your head. I think that's the right word usage there. Probably not. Who knows? I was really bad. I failed every year of literature in high school. Yeah, I did. Anyway, vocab tests will be the death of me. This is from LiveScience.com, an article. That's, I, I did find this on the Atlantic. I mean, there's a million articles that are similar to this, obviously. But um, for some reason, the Atlantic article, when I first saw it, I didn't have to pay to read the article. But then when I pulled it up here on this browser, it required me to pay. So I'm like, it's just whatever, the internet. Hashtag the internet. <sighs> There's so many things I want to talk about because <laughs> my mind goes to Kiwi farms and that BS and that's how scary that is. But that's a whole different topic. Uh, women on the pill choose less like less manly men. This was actually published in 2017. Women using the birth control pill prefer men with less masculine faces compared to non-users. Millions of women use hormonal forms of contraception and some studies indicate the pill could affect partner preferences. A new study shows women were less attracted to less masculine male faces after going on the pill, while their ratings of, their of the attractiveness of female faces were unaffected. And in couples who first, can you start a sentence with and? I guess so. And in couples who first met when the, woman when the woman was on the pill, the men were less likely to have manly faces than those who met when, women, when the women was off the pill. Wow. Talks about facial attraction. Whoa, look at that word. Uh, Psychoender, what I'm not trying to read that one. Um, compared, let's see, a detailed study in March 23rd. Compared the romantic preferences of straight women ages 18 to 24 who were taking or oral contraception against those who were not. 
researchers showed the women composite images of young male and female faces, which could be manipulated to appear more or less masculine. Scientists then told the participants to alter the male faces that they were most attractive for either a short or long-term relationship and to alter the female faces simply to be the most attractive. The women were tested twice, once when none of them were taking the pill and again three months after some began using the pill. The women themselves decided whether to join the pill, they can go whatever. When women were not taking the pill, they preferred less masculine male faces, those with more narrow jaw bones and more rounded faces, for instance, uh, then before they started taking birth control, the results showed being on a pill had no effect on preference for masculinity and female faces, even though these are straight women. I don't know why they're talking about that. Um, so I think that's just fascinating. And then my mind goes to, my skeptic mind goes to, uh, by the way, you can still buy that pen. I have plenty of them available on my website, lindsayfletoceanart.com forge slash shop. Um, I was really proud of making that pen, as you may or may not know. Took a lot of time to do it, but that's besides this fact here. I'm so bad at, uh, well, whatever, who cares? <laughs> I, my, my mind goes to uh, depopulation or just, I don't know. You know, you I would think that they would propagandize and push birth control maybe more in America or countries where whoever's trying to take over, which, you know, whoever's trying to take over America currently is, who knows? People say George Soros, uh, Klaus Schwab. Not entirely sure. It's I don't know if we'll ever know, but you know, I just insanity. I guess my own personal journey with birth control, if I can remember in any way, shape, or form. Um, I started taking birth control. Oh, I think in college, and I always forgot to take the pill because it was one of those like thirty-day things. I guess I thought most of them were like that back then. Where you just have to take it every day. Um, and my memory is fuzzy, but I mean, I definitely do recall becoming pretty depressed around that time. Although I think I went through depression in high school as well before I was on the birth control pill. Oh, I can't remember, honestly. And I, it's one of those things where I have no idea why I even got on birth control because I wasn't sexually active. Like, I was not one of those people that lost my virginity in high school. I did not want to do that. I was, like, terrified of having babies. No, not even babies, but uh, STDs. I just didn't understand how people could just freely have sex and not give a damn about contracting an STD. That was, like, horrifying to me. So I guess my parents did a great job in um, instilling that in me to save myself, but I didn't actually wind up saving myself. I actually, it's just so embarrassing. Whatever. I'm just, who cares? I like being honest with y'all anyway. Um, uh, I just got over, I was just in college and bored and found this guy. I mean, we dated through Friendster and then gave up the V card to that guy, that douche. Um, so I, I, I wound up saving myself, but then didn't in the end. So go figure. I don't know. Maybe, hey, maybe it was the, oh my God, this is interesting. The guy that I gave the V card to, uh, was actually insanely feminine, like very frail frame, um, nothing about him was masculine at all. I think kind of my height, like, honestly, he was like emaciated. Uh, like who the fuck? I, I don't know. Like who teaches us what we're attracted to? Is that something that is, could possibly be bred into what you see on television or magazines? Um, I don't know. You know, it's weird. He used to have a fascination with Paul Walker and he's pretty masculine, Paul Walker and Orlando Bloom, which I would not classify as very masculine. Um, 
like I loved Legolas. Like he's like a pansy. Like he looks like a woman. Um, strange, you know. I didn't have a father really, so maybe a father has something to do with modeling off of what a woman finds attractive in another mate. I think that has a lot to do with it. I'm, I'm gonna have to assume here. It, it I think can show you what a male should be like and behavior wise. Um, and I've always heard that people usually seek out someone that reminds them of their parents, which sounds gross, but I don't think it's about that. I think it's maybe some, I don't know the psychology behind that. Maybe some familiarity with it. Like you're comfortable around, I don't know, you know, your parents. And so you, I don't know, you know, maybe you look up to your parents as, someone um where you just look up to your parents and then you wind up looking for that in a mate i guess that makes sense so my dad was never really there for me so i guess my compass for looking for a proper mate was way off course um i mean i dated a masculine guy who cares who cares about me anyway well actually this is about me and other stuff so <clears throat> i can do all the rambling Let's see. Now it goes on to same article, choosing a partner. Next researchers looked at whether this is the article I'm talking about still. Next researchers looked at whether the, taking the pill influenced women's choice of partners. The scientists compared 85 couples who reported using the pill when they met to 85 couples who reported not using it. Researchers took photos of the faces of men in each couple and had volunteers judge the manliness of each. The volunteers also rated computer tweaked versions of the images that accentuated differences Differences in masculinity, for instance, making a wide lower jawline, a manly trait, even wider, which I find very attractive, by the way, um, which is why I love my husband. He has a very European face. He is not from America, and he obviously doesn't see it because, I don't know, he doesn't see himself as, uh, well, I almost said ethnic, but he is, I don't know, I guess obviously you can't see yourself in other people's eyes, but he has a very, you know, the brow bone, fluffy <laughs> eyebrows that sounds like an unattractive trait but when you pair it with uh manly jaw lines oh i didn't have the article pulled up my bad it's uh it's a thing i don't know you know it's just a thing let's see european man face let's see what uh brave pulls up <laughs> country by country yeah okay look at these dudes Pretty, I mean, look at the jaw. I don't know. Who knows if this guy's actually uh, Europe, European? Probably not. It's a little bit too feminine. Um, I don't like the eyebrow. This is too clean, but well, first of all, look at this guy's neck. As wide of his, as his uh, jaw. I went to, uh, by the way, Lord knows how many websites are wind up compromised over time, like uh, Google, obviously. And then I believe DuckDuckGo. I don't know how compromised they are, but I know that they... I can't remember what they did. There's too much shit I read to the point where I just can't remember the fine details, which just makes me sound retarded, but that's not masculine at all. Um, yeah, it's like the nose. These guys aren't looking anything like my husband, but uh, this kind of, I mean, not really though. Uh, like the low eyebrow, like the, the ratio of the eyebrow to the eyeball is lower, I find with European men, um, like this guy's face, see how close his eyebrows are to his eye? I don't know, it, it winds up making the male face look sultry. Look at it, see this guy's got, actually this is a pretty good example. Um, yeah, that has the, the jawline going for him, lips, um, male nose, like prominent nose, uh, light eyes and 
bushy eyebrows, I'm like here for it. So, <laughs> oh man, let me go on to the article still. Researchers found that the volunteers rated the partners of women who weren't on the pill, rated the partners of women on the pill at the start of their relationships as more masculine than those of women who were on the pill. They rated the computer generated, computer manipulated images along the same lines. The link between the pill and facial traits was also confirmed with the mathematical formula. Okay. Uh, it's not, not the best of articles, but yeah, let's go on to, this is, uh, I have like four or five articles pulled up from, I'm so paranoid my microphone's not working. Hold on. Cause I've done this in forever. Even though I tested right before I did this, let me check. Okay. We're good. Uh, yeah, I don't know when you're on Twitter, you wind up going through rabbit holes or you wind up on websites. You're like, how did I get here? Uh, this is from evmagazine.com. Never heard of it, but it seems pretty based. Like you would think a female feminine oriented website like this would be insanely woke and just full of bullshit and kind of spouting the opposite of what this website seems to spout, which is against birth control. So I was shocked to see that. I don't know who runs this website, but literally never heard of it until I guess yesterday. Um, so let's see the article the title. I just scrolled down because the beginning is like, Yada, yada. The unspoken truth about birth control that you need to know. And I wish I knew which episode that was. Um, Joe Rogan was talking about birth control. It was, I mean, a while ago. And I used to listen to countless episodes of Joe Rogan. The pill depletes your body of essential minerals and vitamins. First of all, and I know this might not sound like a big deal initially, but the, I mean, that's a big deal. I don't know why this person wrote that. The, uh, the pill depletes your body of nutrients such as folic acid, Magnesium, vitamin B2, vitamin B6, vitamin B12. I mean, this is a huge deal. I don't know why they wrote that. Anyway, vitamin C, vitamin E, and zinc. Do a quick Google search and you'll see all sorts of issues that can arise from these deficiencies. The pill reduces vitamin B6, which your body needs to make serotonin. For example, vitamin B6 enables the production of neurotransmitters such as serotonin. Serotonin is responsible for feelings of satisfaction and happiness. It is a coincidence, excuse me, is it a coincidence that women who take the pill are 23% more likely to be prescribed antidepressants, which I wish I could remember, man, you know, I don't know how I could pull this up. It's also funny how hospitals don't share your medical record between like each hospital. So you can have a, basically what would be ideal is having a medical record of your entire life of what pills you've taken. Like it's kind of up to you as an individual to hold those or like, hold those I'm not going to show you actually because that's personal, but uh, is it personal? Mm, let me see. Whatever. Can you even see this? Yeah. This is all about my uh, ear I got tested not long ago because I had fluid in my ear for almost a year. And I waited way too long. To, did I ever talk about that? Probably not because it's been ages since I talked about stuff in life uh, on the podcast. What was I saying? Oh, it's up to you as a person to really keep these pieces of paper around, I guess, and track what your history was. So what I'm saying is I don't remember, I know I've been on Zoloft and other antidepressants in my life. Um, but I don't know if it was at the same time as I was on birth control. I do know that what was the first medication I had, you know, what was, you know, what was I first medicalized with whatever big pharmaized with? Um, it was probably, yeah, I remember being like, I'm depressed in high school and I really wish I could remember what year this was. I have to ask my mom, maybe she has a better memory. But um, I remember going on Zoloft and then hilariously enough was also prescribed ADHD medication, which was 
at the time, Ritalin. I can't remember the names. Concerta, Ritalin, Adderall. No, I think it's Adderall. I remember I took that when I failed English again, probably. And I took it and I started losing weight, which I was kind of indifferent to, which is funny because I became more obsessed with weight, you know, the older I got. Um, but uh, anyway, what I was going to say. Oh, the whole ear clog thing. I don't know. I don't know if it was because I got COVID or I got some sort of flu thing, but months after, I don't even know this is connected. Months after that, I had fluid in my ears. I basically yawned at the grocery store and um, I heard a in my left ear and I've gotten fluid in my ear before. So I was like, oh, this shit again. But before when I've gotten the fluid in the ear, it took a couple months and it drained on its own. So basically some people have shitty eustachian tubes, which is, if you don't know, now you know, and your inner ear has a tube that runs from your ear to your nose um, that I'm guessing the fluid has, fluid came from my nose when I was sick and you have a lot of fluid buildup, which doesn't make sense because it happened months after. But anyway, this time <clears throat> um, it went on for quite a while and, you know, I mean, I was like completely deaf in my left ear and I could hear it like sloshing a little bit. And I, it got to the point where I started yawning. I can hear it popping, which in my past, um, I thought the bubbling popping noise when I yawned was like some of the fluid being drained through the eustachian tube. The whole thing, why it's an issue is that the eustachian tube is blocked by inflammation. So I waited like forever, started doing research. Um, Kind of got you. Oh, also on top of that, I had tinnitus, which like horrified me when it first happened because, you know, occasionally you'll get like a ringing in the ear <clears throat> and then it goes away. But this happened, you know, the ringing in the air started and it didn't go away. And like, I don't know how to describe it, but having something go on in your ear that you have no control over and being like, oh my God, am I, am I going to be stuck with this forever is a horrifying feeling, especially something so incredibly distracting as a ringing in your ear constantly. And this ringing in the ear would fluctuate over time. Like, I, I, I don't know what caused it. I guess uh, if I was watching loud television or listening to loud music, which wasn't musically a thing, but then, like, you know, during the day and then at the night time, it would be like much louder. So if you have that problem, I recommend uh, getting a white noise machine. It helps immensely if you're trying to fall asleep at night. You know, this went on, I don't even know, half a year. And I was like, dude, am I going to have to get this? shit drained like my eardrum sliced and they suction it out with a mini vacuum which sounds i mean to me that's like my worst nightmare um i, I mean because i had no idea that you could even get your eardrum sliced open like that at all i thought that because i've always heard like oh you don't want to get your eardrum uh ruptured by holding your nose and blowing after you're on an airplane or whatever it's not good so I'm like, well, then why would slicing eardrum be any better? But so I got it, went to the ENT and they're like, oh, here's some, <clears throat> we can get prescribe you some, I'm going to say testosterone, steroid stuff. And I'm like heavily against using any steroid, just shit that fucks with my body. So um, I was like, I'm not, I'd rather wait it out than do that stuff. And plus I've read the steroid thing doesn't even necessarily work half the time or a lot of time it doesn't work. So I was like, what's the point then? And this, one of the side effects is like horrid hip pain. And I'm like, I already have hip pain occasionally. I don't, I don't need this. Who knows if that's going to cause issues, whatever. So I was like, I'm not doing that. It did not fix itself on its own. So I happened to go to the ENT again to think, you know, for them to just check 
the levels to see how bad it was. So I don't even see here. Oh god, it has my fucking name on there. Here we go. The red is my right ear, and then the blue was my left ear at the time. I'm holding up a chart for my. Um, they do a sound test. You can see how much hearing loss I had there with the blue, but or the left ear. So I was there after they did another test with the whole beeping and whatnot in the soundproof room. And they were like, you know, we can slice your ear open today. This is not how they put it, obviously, but and uh, vacuum it out. And I was like, <gasps> today? Like, I thought we'd have to book another appointment and then go get that done. This is such a tangent. But I, honestly, to help someone out, whoever gets this, I, that's why I'm talking about it. Um, and I was like texting my husband. I'm like, oh, my God, do I do this? And then I was like, fart. I may as well do it now because I'm here. I don't want to book the appointment and come all the way back and pay more money. And then also my, the lady that wound up doing it was uh, uh, pregnant. She was going to have the baby like the next week. So I'm like, I'm glad I did that because she's apparently a pro at what she does. But so we did it. And it was, it was one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever experienced in my life. Excuse me. Let me get a sip of some tea. Um, it was really fast, but the numbing of the ear, they were like, oh, it might burn a little. It didn't hurt. Even slicing the eardrum didn't hurt at all. But when she stuck the, uh, little vacuum in like through the slit of my eardrum, oh. um, let's see, I'll hold up something that's like how wide the vacuum thing was. It was pretty thin. Maybe as thick as, that's too thick. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's, you know. Maybe as thick as this thing. I'm not sure. Anyway, that was the most uncomfortable thing I have felt in a long time to the point where I was like, oh, leaning away from it. And it was loud, obviously. So as I'm like getting up, I almost passed out. I thought I was going to throw up. And my husband picked me up and he was like, dude, you, you were white. Or I'm um, sort of turning uh, like purple or whatever. But so, yeah, I can hear now after that. And um that was so worth it. And I wish I hadn't had waited so long, but it was, I was just like, Oh my gosh, I've heard of things where it doesn't heal and you have a permanent hole in your ear. And I know that people can get that done. Um, my ring optomy is what it's called. I think that's also where you get, you can also get tubes inserted in your eardrum that basically you have a, you have a, it's a tube that is a, has a tiny hole. So it drains out the nasty fluid but then I'm like, dude, you have a hole in your ear um, that you have to like put gauze. You have to pl plug your ear up somehow if you take a shower or you can't go swimming or whatnot. And I was like, that sounds crazy weird. And I'm just, I'm good. Like it's supposed to fall out on its own. But uh, I was like, I'm good. Now I, I did so much research about this and I found a tinnitus forum on Reddit. And these people are so miserable. They want to like kill themselves, which... I mean, tinnitus is terrible and not fun, but dude, like going to the level of wanting to kill yourself. Come on, man. Get yourself together. Anyway, that was probably more than you wanted to know about my uh, fluid in my ear journey, but I, I lived through it and it was not that bad. And I didn't have any complications afterwards, although not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago when I was pressing right here, um, it was really sore, which was like months after I got it uh, sliced. So I was like, what's happening? Oh my God, it's an infected. Okay, let me continue reading the article here before I lose my steam talking about ear bullshit. <laughs> um, let's see. 
The pill reduces vitamin B6, which your body needs to make serotonin. For example, vitamin B6 enables the production of neurotransmitters. I already said this. Good job, Lindsay. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's one of my own tangent. Okay. One, almost one in four women who would otherwise not, not need to take another prescription, only this time it's for mental health other than reproductive. In addition, vitamin B6 deficiency contributes to an increased risk of blood clots by three to four times in women who take the pill. Women who take the pill are 23% more likely to be prescribed antidepressants. The pill reduces zinc, which in turn decreases your sex drive. Let's talk about zinc deficiency. It turns out that zinc is one of the most important minerals contributing to the production of testosterone, which is essential for a healthy sex drive. Women on the pill report higher rates of issues with arousal, desire, and ability to orgasm, which part of me is like, isn't that the whole point of the pill? Wait, no, that, that seems like not the point of the pill is that you don't want to have babies, but whatever. The whole pill, it's the whole idea behind it just sounds horrible. Like a woman's, a woman's natural hormonal cycle, which is going through your period is natural and supposed to happen. What do you think is going to happen when you halt your body's natural flow of doing things? I'm so great with words, I know. But this is the same concept behind puberty blockers where, oh my God, am I going to say this? Ooh. Um, you know, how is this from what I've heard? I'm like scared to talk about it because I'm like, is this going to get you hanged? You get it. I don't need to say anything else. Um, so let's see. Let me go on here. It's pretty much the same concept where go figure if you block your natural function of your bodily function, you know, there's going to be repercussions. Oh, let's see. Mm -hmm. When you look at the science behind what the pill does emotionally and hormonally, there's little wonder as to why these dysfunctions can be common complaints from women on the pill. The pill can negatively impact your brain, thyroid, and gut, which your gut microbiomes and flora, whatever is so important. I think uh, a lot of people underestimate how crucial it is, like have or eating a kimchi and kefir and fermented uh, products is incredibly from what I've heard, uh, good for your gut biomes. Uh, let's see. Recent studies from the National Institutes of Health, isn't the NIH, shows birth control having a measurable effect on cortical thickness and gray matter in parts of the brain responsible for processing emotions. Sippy, sippy water. On top of this, the pill can disrupt your thyroid, increasing your risk of breast, cervical, and liver cancer, increase your risk of diabetes, and has been shown to trigger autoimmune diseases. It also neg negatively affects gut health, potentially leading to IBS, leaky gut, and even inflammatory bowel disease. Uh, the pill can change who you pick for a long-term partner. We already kind of went over that. But obviously, this article talks about it a little bit more. Um, yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh, it also, I believe, alters... Yeah, this is what Joe Rogan was talking about this podcast. It alters the smell that you're attracted to in males, which is like so insane because again, it's that caveman woman animalistic thing that you have never no control over, over you being you desire a certain smelling type of man, <laughs> smelling type of man. Um, whatever that word is called, uh, pheromones, where it basically blocks your I don't know if it alters or blocks it, but it messes with your natural ability to go after men that you desire because of their pheromones. And I think that's says a lot right there. 
yeah, here we go. Oh, I guess they put it better. Women are naturally drawn to the body odor of men who have different immune systems in their own as their potential children would benefit from the two immune systems coming together, especially during ovulation. Women prefer these different men. Couples with dissimilar MHC genes are more satisfied emotionally and sexually. Um, and even are, oh, wow. What studies that have sh studies have shown that couples with dissimilar MHC genes, the genes responsible for body odor are more satisfied emotionally and sexually and are even more likely to be faithful. Women preferentially select men who have MHC genes that are complementary and differ and different from their own, giving their children a stronger immune system. Research shows that once a woman starts taking the pill, her scent preference shifts towards men who are more similar to her, yet MHC simil similarity can lead to fertility problems. Wow. Jeez. See, this sounds more in line with the, like, depopulation agenda. I don't know, man. Like, I don't think that wanting to, de to depopulate the world is anything quite new, so... The pill's relationship to declining marriage rates. Another question I had. Oh, this is just the article. Let's see. Uh, could the steep of de steep decline of marriage have something to do with the pill? Uh, it has been argued that the pill enables men to be non-committal in ways. Exactly. This is a good point. Um, it is argued. It's been argued that the pill enables men to be non-committal in ways that they previously weren't able to because pregnancy and helps contribute to the current hookup culture we see today. And I have to hardcore, hardcore, hardcore agree with that. Um, you know, when you're, when women are able to take this magical pill that isn't magical at all, where you can, which isn't always, um, hundred percent effective by the way, but whatever, where you can just be, be promiscuous and sleep around more. How is that going to help anyone out male or female? You know, it makes the man go, hell yeah, I can F all the chicks that I want as if they didn't want to already. Um, and then women are just like, oh, whatever. I'm not going to have a baby. So you just get to sleep around with all the wrong types of men. Like, how is that enjoyable? <laughs> well, unfortunately, women don't realize any of this, honestly. I'm going to have to assume. So let me get some more shippy here. All right. This is still the same website. evmagazine.com. Um. The headline is the pill is destroying our bodies and everyone is ignoring it for money, which sounds exactly like big pharma. Women were the guinea pigs. The creation of the pill was sketchy to say the least, prompted by Margaret Sanger. Hmm, I wonder who that is. She created Planned, Parent Planned Parenthood. Uh, millionaire Catherine McCormick funded studies for Harvard professor Gregory E. Pincus. Studies which focused on ways in which women could prevent pregnancy without a man knowing. After years of experimenting with various pills on rabbits, Pincus conducted birth control experiments, which he claimed were fertility studies by exploiting helpless patients in a Massachusetts mental institution. How many people that are mentally ill are not even necessarily mentally ill, but people that are just experimented on black people. I mean, you name it. He did not tell his patients what pills he would give them. They were expected to take the pills and suffer the consequences while he documented the results. Men were unable to stand the side effects as Pincus's experiments caused testicle shrinking and castration anxiety, in air quotes. So Pincus decided to focus on women, despite the fact that women also had horrible side effects to his pills, blood clotting, bloating, mood swings, etc. The victims of Puerto Rico. When Pincus ran out of women willing to participate in his experiments, Pincus focused on Puerto Rico. The U.S. territory suffered but from poverty and over overpopulation and the government was already highly interested in birth control see this is why i'm like this is such an overpopulation thing or 
Yeah, I mean, you're controlling the birth of babies, so... And whatever, you get it. Pincus recruited female students from the University of Puerto Rico, and he became extremely angry when more than half of them dropped out due to violent side effects of the pill. He and his colleagues resorted to coercing students to cooperate, or else they would receive failing grades in their classes. Sounds great. The first versions of the pill had almost 10 times the amount of hormones needed to prevent pregnancy, but they didn't stop Pincus's experimentation on women, experiments that, didn't, that hadn't even been entirely successful on animals. I mean, which... Doesn't this happen? I've heard this ha happening countless times where, um, you know, the trial runs of pills or, yeah, medicalized big pharma stuff is not great or successful at all with animals, but they still run it forward with it. Wink, wink, nod, nod. And let's not forget that the creators of the pill opted to experiment on women instead of men, on men. Feminists at the time weren't happy about it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Women have been silenced. I mean, this is nothing new, by the way. No women were allowed to speak at this hearing, um, even though it investigated all the negative symptoms of the pill that occurred in women. This was a hearing. Um, Capitol Hill investigation of the pills is safety about 10 years later. The sketchy Puerto Rico trials and the mental institution abuses were completely ignored by politicians and doctors alike, uh, as they are to this day. Notice no women were... Okay, sorry, that was repetitive. Um this is not unlike the way doctors and health advocates ignore the horrible side effects of birth control today. Negative side effects of birth control, which is might be repetitive because this is, uh, you know, let's see. Yeah. Women who take birth control at a much higher risk of depression than women who don't take it. I think it's repetitive. Did I already say this? Teenagers are at an 80% increased risk of taking antidepressants after taking the pill. That's insane. This says a lot. And, um, you know, I wish I could remember if, and I took birth control. I then took antidepressants after that. I'm, I'm honestly can't remember. Yeah, breast, you know, this is all horrible side effects. Breast cancer, suicide, horrible. Um, oops. Let's see. A 2017 Danish study reported in the New York Times found that many types of birth control can be linked to breast cancer. Uh, the study reveals that for every 100,000 women on hormonal birth control, there are 68 annual cases of breast cancer. Um, yeah, research also shows that the hormone progestin, uh, which is commonly used in birth control today, raises the risk of breast cancer. And is that a hormone that the gender ideology people take? I'm not sure. 2017 Time Magazine article reported that women taking hormonal contraceptives, like birth control pills, the patch, the ring, and hormonal IUDs, have up to triple the risk of suicide as women who never took hormonal birth control. Not surprised. I've never done that. IUD thing. That sounds, I've heard of, I've heard it's horrible, 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 painful, just, oh God, it sounds horrific. And apparently there's a way you can remove it yourself if you really wanted to, which I don't know about that, but whatever. This is still from the web, same website. Let's see. It says the real reasons OBGYNs don't like the fertility awareness method. And this is obvious. Um, so actually let me read this one. It's, uh, yeah. So same website again. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm walking out for this website, but I found their articles to be wonderfully uh, informative. So that's why I'm reading from them. There are many misconceptions out there about fertility awareness methods or FAM, which she calls it that. I don't know. One of the most prevalent ones is that FAM is the same as the rhythm method. It isn't, or that's ineffective. Also untrue. Fertility awareness methods encompass aspects of the rhythm method, such as charting ovulation on a calendar, and if used incorrectly, can be ineffective. 
However, FAM is a simple, all-natural empowering alternative to conventional birth control with none of the harsh side effects. I hate the word empowering in this article because that word has been so unbelievably overused with feminism and lefties and God knows what else. Additionally, it can be used for uh, couples who are trying to conceive and couples who are trying to avoid conception. FAM is based around three central ideas, and this is the same thing that I wound up using to get pregnant. Um, you basically buy, I mean, I'm going to read it all here, but um, yeah, you, you use a calendar to chart your menstrual cycle. So whether your cycle is average 28 days, it is for most women, or even if it's irregular, writing down how long your period lasts on which days you have or abstain from sex, as well as other details from day to day, can give a big picture of your menstrual cycle cycles. You check the cervical mucus. Going hand in hand with charting is noticing cervical mucus. It's perhaps our body's most natural indicator of when ovulation happens. Textures, as you may have noticed, uh, they just vary from different consistencies. Um, if you're a woman, you definitely know about this. So um, cervical, music, cervical mucus consistency is meant to aid in conception, which is why a slippery texture is indicative of ovulation an easier texture for sperm to travel in, while thicker, stickier textures prohibit sperm from moving as easily. Um, and then tracking or measuring your basal body temperature, also known as BBT. Uh, BBT can be measured with a specialized thermometer, which measures your body's temperature more sensitively than a regular thermometer, which you can't use a regular one, um, because it tracks it, I believe, more down to the like tiny increments. Taking our temperature daily for 28 days, uh, or the average menstrual cycle, can help pinpoint when exactly ovulation happens. The body's basal temperature naturally upticks around ovulation in conjunction with the production of progesterone. And noticing this jump on a conventional paper or calendar app, I prefer papers as this person, can help us begin to notice patterns, habits, and reactions our body performs naturally. Um, so I highly, if you're gonna do the BBT thing, um, which probably sounds overwhelming, like, oh, I've tracked my temperature every day. You're supposed to track it early in the morning, like right when you wake up. Just keep an extra bed. Um, I highly, highly do not recommend ever, ever, ever using an app to track your um, temperatures because I bought a thermometer that was not $10. It was, I believe, like $40 from Walmart because I read reviews that the $10 one was crappy and didn't work. Go figure, because it's $10. So I was like, whatever, you know, I would like to get pregnant. So I guess I'll spend more money on this. And it's nice temperature because it shows the last temperature that it recorded, um, which is a nice little on it but with this thermometer i should have known better like i'm so skeptical about apps in general that why why i did this is i don't know because i'm like oh it's, it's it's easy you know it's convenient um i downloaded the stupid app that went with it and tracked the temperature every day on it and then i don't remember what i was doing how i found this out but i've been tracking for a couple of months and i came across an article that was a couple years old that was like this this uh, BBT thermometer app sends all the data to China. And I was like, cool. So I emailed them. It was like, delete all my freaking data um, right now. And I deleted the app, which God knows if they actually deleted my data. You know, I just, I'm, I'm, a, dumb, I'm a dumbass and shouldn't have done that because um, it's convenient. You know, it's like, oh, I have to print out a calendar and I have to write it down. Oh, how annoying. So I wound up doing that afterwards, doing the whole printout calendar and penciling it in. You can find calendars online, just print it out, they're blank, and then you just fill in like the square, what your temperature is. Um, and yeah, I found it to be incredibly, incredibly accurate because it shows you when your temperature peaks 
throughout the, you know, through each month, wherever you peak is when, if you want to get pregnant, this is when you do have sex. And if you don't uh, want to get pregnant, you obviously aren't going to be having sex in the, that window. And from what I heard, sperm can live inside you for up to like five days. So if you have sex on, you know, day one, you could still get pregnant on day five. You know, I'm, I've heard more just like three days after or before. It's one or the other. I can't remember. And I've also heard if you want to get pregnant, you should have sex uh, every other day during when you're ovulating. I, I don't know. I can't remember why, but instead of every day, I'm not sure why. Not, not, not that I did that, but um, also TIL that not today. I learned literally, but I did not know that um, lubricant kills sperm. Like I had no idea because why would anyone teach me that? I guess, but um, like I would assume, like almost all lubricants kill sperm. So don't use that shit if you're trying to get pregnant. Use what's called um, what's it called? Oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot the word. Oh, pregnancy brain. It's called. Whoa, I'm brain farting so hard right now. <gasps> it's like a simple word. Um, lubricant to get pregnant. Seed, pre-seed. Okay, there, I don't have to look it up. It's called pre-seed, and I don't know how I found this. God obviously guided me. I was looking up ways, like, um, to assist in getting pregnant, and there's all these forums online and the Amazon reviews, which, you know, how much can you actually trust those reviews anyway? But there was an overwhelming amount of women being like, holy crap, it worked the first time I used it. I can't believe it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right. I'm skeptical. What of this stuff makes me messed up inside? But it, it listen, the first time we used it, it freaking worked. So, and then I actually wound up finding a podcast uh, about the woman who created uh, Pre-Seed and it was wonderful because I actually got to hear who created it and how she created it. And that podcast, oh, I can't remember which uh, podcast it was. Um, I don't know. I can't remember some womanly pregnancy thing. It was excellent. Um, yeah. So if you're trying to get pregnant, get that stuff. Let's see. Let me go back to the article. Um, so basically you can do this tracking method, obviously, if you don't want to get pregnant or if you do want to get pregnant, let's see here. There's talks about different methods of, you know, uh, fertility awareness. It's, it talks about whatever COVID shit. Let's see. This is like pretty unrelated, um, but only because I knew I would run under, under an hour with all those articles I had pulled up. So I have some uh, completely irrelevant articles as well. I just found this interesting and also incredibly sad. Uh, it says, woman who pretended to be a man died by assisted suicide after realizing how difficult it was to be one. Uh, let's see. Journalist Noah Vincent, an author of Self-Made Man, wanted to experience life as the opposite gender. So I wish they would say sex. Gender is bullshit. So she could write about it. She was a lesbian, not transgender, but her inquisitive nature made her curious about gender and, and identity. In 2003, she hired a makeup artist to help her paint stubble on her face to match her short, dark hair, which I'm like, can't men and people, women up close tell that's like fake hair? So I don't even know why. Anyway, she worked out to build the muscles on her back, wore rectangular framed glasses and strapped her breasts against her chest. With the help of a Juilliard vocal coach, she was even able to train her voice to sound more manly. Nora Vincent was determined. There was no blah, blah, blah. 
What she found in living a life as opposite sex wasn't male privilege. Instead, Vincent learned what it was like to be in an, at an incredible disadvantage. For 18 months, Nora pretended to be a man under a new name, Ned. What a name, by the way. <laughs> she did manly things, air quotes, and joined a bowling league, a Roman Catholic monastery, and an awareness group for men. She went to strip clubs and dated women. She even worked in a male-dominated industry. But despite these adventures, Ned didn't feel alive, free, or fluid. Go figure. Hmm, living a life of a lie and deception doesn't bring you aliveness or freedom. Shocker. In fact, Ned was wearing Nora down, and she began to fall into a deep depression. It's kind of annoying how they wrote that. It's the same person, but all right. It sounds like... Anyway. I suspect people will go into this thinking, oh, it's written by a lesbian. She's going to be male bashing all the way down the line, Vincent said during a phone interview. But my experience was one that made me very vulnerable and made me feel a lot about, it made me feel a lot of pain and difficulty. While all of us in the post-feminist movement are convinced that women have always had it worse and men have always had it better, it took me stepping into their shoes to realize that's not true at all. Nora's immersive journalism was nothing, or excuse me, was anything but empowering. She felt alone and defeated as Ned. Men are suffering, Nora said. They have different problems than women have, but they don't have it better. They need our sympathy. They need our love. They need each other more than anything else. They need to be together. She had to admit to herself to her hospital for feeling suicidal in 2008, while Nora was incredibly self-aware and reflective. It seems she never got over the mental difficulties and setbacks she faced from living as a man. In the summer of 2022, which is this year, Nora finally succumbed to her pain and died at the age of 53 via assisted death in Switzerland, which is, I have a lot of thoughts about that. Um, yeah, so the closing thoughts of this article is not my thoughts, but male privilege in the modern era is a myth. In 2020, it was found that 70% of homeless individuals were men. Men are four times more likely to commit suicide than women. Uh, men make up 80% of all murder victims worldwide. Men make up just over half of the workforce, and yet they make up 90% of all workplace fatalities. Um, so I think that's just, uh, crazy sad. And then, uh, you know, I have some articles about assisted death, whatnots. Um, this came out moving on, uh, I guess 2017, but this other article, I believe was recent. Yeah. So this is an uh, article saying from CBA.ca medically assisted deaths could save millions in healthcare spending. <laughs> oh my Lord, dude. Uh, I don't even need to read the article, but geez, end of life care has high cost in Canada. Horrible. This is like propaganda to have you convince you to kill yourself. We're doing the medically assisted route as like ethical, which no, it's not. Uh, and this article is from this year in May from tellusurenglish.net. Uh, Canadians turn to euthanasia as solution to unbearable poverty. This is like so insane. You were, people were literally groomed or forced into poverty from this whole, I don't know, I'm not even sure what it is. Green New Deal, uh, ESG, I'm not, you know, just coal, wanting to end coal and gas. Um, there's just so much madness going on in the world, but like they force this poverty that's going on worldwide really if people you know living paycheck to paycheck or just not even living paycheck to paycheck just not having a job struggling to get a job um inflation you name it so then they're like oh euthanasia is a solution like <laughs> we can assist in you killing yourself because we know how bad it is so you may as well just do the favor for us and 
end your life horrible. There is some evidence that poor people cannot improve their living conditions. Uh, have been applying in the middle of, what? Let me read that again. There's some evidence that poor people who cannot improve their living conditions have been applying to the medical assistance in dying. <laughs> what program? It's literally called medical assistance in dying. Wow. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, whoopee, administration has expressed support. Of course he would. Of course he would. For the medical assistance in dying program being expanded to people suffering from irremediable mediable mental illnesses. This is horrible. The implications of this option, however, have raised ethical concerns. Oh my gosh. In 2016, by approving Bill C-14, a law permitting medical euthanasia and phys physician-assisted suicide, the parliament ruled that the Canadian state shall cover the cost of euthanasia for people who suffer from terminal illness with foreseeable natural death and who are too poor to afford this procedure. What? Is this an ad? What is this one? Oh no, I see. What? This is a tweet from some lady saying, in 1941, a Nazi made this table showing how much money the government would save by preventing persons with disabilities from living 10 years longer. In 2020, the Parliamentary Budget Office, Officer in Canada released a table of the reduction in healthcare costs through euthanasia. This is so messed up. What? What? Dude, we are living in end days. I mean, I know I've said it before, but... Um, and I know there's been times throughout history where it's been horrible and whatnot, but everything in conjunction with another that's been going on, I definitely believe there's some sort of end of days shit going on. I was trying not to cuss there, but... A woman in Ontario, for example, chose euthanasia because her housing benefits did not allow her to obtain a place to live and avoid crippling allergies. What? The government sees me as an expendable, whiny, useless scum, stated this woman, who left letters showing a desperate search for governmental help for over two years. Oh my gosh. God. Horrifying. What in the hell am I even reading, honestly? Anyway, extremely disturbing beyond belief. Um, and this this brought me up to the uh, me remembering that I watched a documentary. You know, I used to really enjoy watching morbid films and documentaries. I mostly about documentaries about people and real life situations happening that aren't very pleasant because um, I guess I felt like my life was not normal and i enjoyed seeing other people suffer kind of like a misery love com misery loves company thing um i also just really was fascinated with um seeing different aspects of life and understanding people so i don't know it's not not, not necessarily a great thing to put this stuff in your head i guess but i find i don't know i should have done psych psychology or something you know i'm sure there's multiple paths in your life where you're like oh i could have been this or that and I think psychologists I could have been one of those, but um, oh, I was going with that. Oh, like uh, the documentary, I love you. Or, excuse me, not that one, but that I've talked about that one before. This is called How to Die in Oregon. And I hope the audio records from here. I don't know if it will. Um, I can't remember if it does or not, but I'm going to mute myself 
And if you're not watching it, um, it's just a trailer of a film called How to Die in Oregon. Before you take the medication, I'm going to ask you these two questions again. Sure. You have the right to change your mind. My mind's not changing. And what will this medication do? It will kill me and make me happy. Death with dignity, the other side calls it assisted suicide. I was diagnosed with cancer. I was supposed to have six months. Hello. These people have lost so much control, and they'll tell us repeatedly they want the medication for control. It's this curious limbo. You don't know what's really going to happen, except with Death with Dignity, you do have some control over what's going to happen. An online survey of physicians showed 50% in favor, 42% against. We have a tradition in this country to allow patients to deny care but we've never allowed physicians to actively take somebody's life. That's not the practice of medicine. First do no harm is gonna be different for every patient. So how are you feeling? Harm for some patients is saying, no, 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 you've gotta do this the way your body decides as opposed to the way you decide. My son has a little trouble with this. She says the cancer's come back, I have six months to live, and things are gonna be fine. Uh, that sounds like the opposite of fine. If I'm in that bed and I'm racked up with a stroke, that's what I want. That's the decent thing to do. So for once in my life, I'll be decent. <laughs> if I had an option, I would prefer not to die. Thank you very much. The Oregon law has been thoroughly tested. Now it's time to get it going in other states. I just think a society has to be asked, is this what we really want? My husband did not feel that any government or any religious leader had the right to tell him how long he had to suffer. I understand there's a kind of dignity in suffering, but there's a certain grace in accepting the inevitable. I, I can't do anymore. I think all of us would like to have some options of how we'd take control of our life at the end. Anyway, um, I think that film, when I watched it, pretty much messed me up. Uh, not gonna lie, like, I, I would say, like, you need to be in the right mental headspace badly before you watch that. But then again, I don't know, man. You're literally watching people take their last breaths on camera. Like, this isn't an act. This isn't, um, you know, ready, set, action. These aren't actors. These are actual people dying and we're watching it in a documentary. Obviously, it's well known before you watch it if that's what you're going to be seeing. Um, but uh, I think it's incredibly disturbing. And I think it's, you know, when I watched it, I was like, I'm so conflicted because I'm like, you don't want people to suffer, obviously. Um, but I, I, I can't say I agree with this, like, at all, because it's not natural. And you guys know me, I'm pretty much keen on every and anything natural when it comes down to what I put on my body, in my body, um, what I wash my clothes with, uh, shit in the sky, <laughs> um, just everything. So to me, this is like the opposite of natural. Um, 
And it's also kind of showing how these people want to kind of play God, how they, like they said, uh, I can't remember what the words were exactly, but they want to have control over their life and choose what they want to do with their life like this. And so I just, I don't think I agree with that at all because you're not the author and owner over when you're born and why should you be the author and owner over when you die? Um, you know, I think we're probably going to be running to things like that in the future of modifying how long you live for, which I also don't agree with, which is obviously the transhumanism insanity that I am not behind at all because you're completely playing God when you come to, when it comes down to transhumanism. And this is, I think kind of playing God as well when you decide when you want to die, as much as I feel for these people, um, going through intense pain and whatnot, like that one woman they showed had a horrible tumor, you know, the cancer that was in her stomach or something. And it was, it was awful. It's just, it's, these people are in pain. It's awful to see, but Oh, I think, oh, I just don't even know, man. Nah, my, 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 my gut says no, that, that I'm not cool with that. So let me end on a, I guess the higher note, um, or funnier, I suppose, or just not as dark as that. Um, uh, <laughs> so I don't know if you guys know Lord of the Rings, uh, has a new series on Amazon called the Rings of Power. And it looks like hot trash. Uh, I love Lord of the Rings. I uh, sadly wasn't a huge book reader growing up, so I didn't get to read the books growing up. I know how wonderful they are. Obviously, almost every book is better than the movie because you get to use your own imagination and how you get to see the world versus how Hollywood, whoever um, portrays it for you. But <laughs> I saw Lord, one of the Lord of the Rings in New York City and stood outside in the freezing cold just to see the crew from lord of the rings stepped to the trl total request live mtv days window and i was like ah, freaked out and the one person i wanted to see the most was orlando bloom and he was not there and i was so disappointed but uh that was back when i was like a consumer of this media bullshit keeping you stupid but anyway this is from comicbook.com the lord of the rings amazon suspends user reviews for rings of power so I don't, I'm no, I know, you know, but most streaming platforms have the rating system that will show you like how many people are rated, where the star, how many, you know, where the stars line, like 3.5 stars out of five, whatever, you know, I think almost all streaming services have this, but funnily enough, Lord of the Rings, when you go to the Amazon prime app, it shows you no reviews. So that's sus number one, but I mean, I already knew that they were doing this. The reason why they're doing this is, is that. Well, like I said, it's it's an unbelievably incredibly woke and uh, the characters have like nothing to do with Tolkien's world, which, you know, it's like why in the world they would even, I don't know, there's rumors of it being money laundering related, which I'm like, oh, I've never heard of that angle because uh, the budget was in the billions to create this, I guess it's a series, I don't think it's a film, yeah, it's a series, um, you know, how in the world can you butcher such a well-beloved uh, series like Lord of the Rings, you know, it's like taking uh, Star Trek or Star Wars or Star Trek, I guess, and totally butchering that and making the you know black or was it blackwashing? Yeah, blackwashing would be creating a character as black instead of white when the character is supposed to be white. Like, I don't disagree that there should be more you know variety people in cinema, but at the same time, it's like when you start enforcing it into a world where that's not what Tolkien had in mind at all. Yeah, it's it's just absurd. So I think it's silly. Okay, 
Um, so yeah, let's see. Let's see. Amazon is fighting this by suspending user. Oh, let's see. Let me see. Uh, da, 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 da. The Amazon series has found itself the target of review bombing by some unhappy campers. So I've never heard of this term before in my life, and I've loved movies my entire life. Um, review bombing? I, I guess they suspect it's like trolls are leaving reviews being like, this sucks, and then maybe haven't even watched it. But that, I don't think that's what's going on at all. I think people are actually watching it and being like, this sucks dick. Pardon my French, but hello, it's me. Um, the Hollywood Reporter brings word that Amazon is fighting this by suspending user reviews for this series on the Amazon Landing Prime page video app, preventing anyone from leaving a rating on it at all. Um, as of this writing, the series has an 84... Let's actually go look. IMDB.com. Um, I hope we're not looking at their day. Um, oh, you know what's so cringe? I was starting up my Photoshop on my mac the other day and they have usually like an image of just art like someone creating art hold on ring oh, let me go here first ring of hat which oh um and the the you know the splash screen which is usually generic art that has nothing to do with anything it's never been an ad has the freaking chick uh, Galadriel from the New Rings of Power, like fan art. I'm like, this is an ad. This is an ad. They turned that splash screen into an ad space, which pisses me off. And of all things to advertise, it was Ring of Power. I was like, why? <laughs> why? We know why it's, it was this chick. Um, this is a different looking IMDb. Maybe I'm thinking of Rotten Tomatoes. That's what I'm thinking of. My bad. Tomatoes. I'm like, it's tomatoes with an E or an I always, I can never remember. No, I think it's, there's an E in tomatoes. Come on. Get it together, Lindsay. Ring of power. What? No. Okay. Yeah, it's still at 85% for the average tomato, whatever, you know, the, uh, People that write reviews or are paid to review this shit, and it still is at a 39% audience, average audience score, which screams that it's total hot trash. I learned years ago that Rotten Tomatoes is compromised, and the you know the number that you see on the left that has the tomato, I believe it's always the tomato, is total BS, and the reviews on the right, which is the audience score, is going to be the way more accurate and. If it ever looks like this, you know which one to trust. I mean, whatever. In general, just trust the audience score over this bullshit. Um, like, look at how wide variety. It's like, these are the people that are told to... It's just fake reviews. Like, it's, you know, journalists, um, people that review the, the film or series. Um, it's not real reviews, even remotely. I don't even know if you can look at... Yeah. <laughs> Let me read some of them. One star, visually stunning, but was boring and wasn't talking. It just spit in the face of fans. Galadriel went from being a powerful, beloved character, which in the original series, yes, to a boring, one-note, forgettable one. The actress that played her was easily the worst casting choice of the whole series. The first two episodes were extremely slow and forgettable. Um, the cast is awful. I can't, Morphid Clark looks like a primary schoolgirl and her children's theater play. Story plot is plain and boring and screenplay is poor. Um, this is a disaster. My expectations weren't high, but this is a disaster. 
Why would they ruin Lord of the Rings like this? No one is likable in the show. There's nothing meaningful that's happening. Great reviews. I mean, obviously, it's exactly what I would, thought it would have been. And if you haven't seen, <laughs> if you haven't seen the trailer for this series, please go look. I think there's like three trailers out on YouTube, um, and you can laugh your way to, I don't know, the bathroom to, to piss from laughter because. Oh, it is so woke. They have these, like, they cast these black characters and it just, nothing looks uh, talking about it, like, even remotely. Um, even the, not even necessarily the black people that were cast, but um, just, it just looks, no, no, giant no. I can't really articulate it, you know. It's one of those things you have to be a geek and really love and appreciate the franchise and world of Lord of the Rings understand why it's such trash and why them halting the reviews like this is uh an abuse of power really of the internet because they're manipulating they're altering your perception about wanting to see it or maybe not wanting to see it because if you saw that it was shitty reviews you'd be like never mind so now that they're, they're it's, it's kind of the equivalent of removing the youtube downvote button so you can't see how unliked it is so it can't manip it can't it can't mess with your opinion about it. So it's kind of good and bad if you think about it, because anyway, um, yeah, I guess is that all for now? Um, I feel like there's something else I wanted to say. I don't think so. I guess I could just leave it on that. Thank you guys so much for listening and, or, and or watching. Um, I really appreciate each and every one of you. Um, yeah, you can support my work by heading to subscribestar.com forward slash distorted lens or paypal.me forward slash LP Foster Kittens. I hope you guys have had a wonderful week and will continue to have a wonderful week. And uh, open your Bible, start reading it. If you don't have a Bible, there's plenty of free resources out there too. I mean, you can download the Bible app, honestly. Um, if you download it, they have this like daily, uh, I don't know, I'm sure, I don't know what it's called, daily devotion thing where you can watch like a short video. And I think it's wonderful because... It's just a way to intake parts. It's 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 great how they have it laid out. You have to look at it. It does like a video and then like short text. And it can be your short devotional time with the Lord above. So I love y'all. Thanks again for supporting my work. And I love um, hearing from you guys. And I read your comments, even the shitty ones. Um, and if you leave a review from the podcast, I will read it on air which why don't I do that now? Because why not? This was from Jen loves Paris. What a refreshing, genuine and un unapologetic podcast. It's about time. I was tired of the sugar coated opinions from most hosts. She's not afraid to go against the grain and call things out. Highly recommend it. My only wish I want more episodes. Thank you for the content. Oh, and the title of it says, isn't afraid to tell it like it is. Thank you so much for that. Um, and then I have some negative ones, which are pretty funny. What? Anyway, how about not? This is one star. It said the title says clueless. How about not saying I don't know? I'm clueless over 100 times each opinion episode. Guess what? You are. <laughs> no, Brian Laudry was not. A, I don't even know what it was about. It's just, uh, I don't know. One more. A grounded event. I'm sorry. A grounded look at current events from Marino. Don't let the title fool you. This is not a distorted look at anything. Topics covered here are discussed in a rational and grounded way. Plenty of interesting thoughts from interesting guests, which I need to get more guests on. Um, I apologize for 
I doubt they're listening, but I was supposed to have some, whatever. Anyway, who cares about that? Um, I guess I will see you guys, or you'll hear from me next week. So sayonara, y'all. Hey there, thanks so much for listening to this podcast and making it this far into it. You can support my podcast and what I do many a ways. Head to my website, which is lindsayplatotionart.com forward slash shop. There's all sorts of goodies you can buy there on my website, like the skeptic pin, the adult human female pin, the adult human male pin. There's all sorts of uh, embroidery goodies and crafty goodies that I make myself that you can support by purchasing these items. Or head to mysubscribestar.com forward slash distorted lens and become a rational revolutioner where you can support my podcast with a monthly subscription or head to paypal.me forward slash LP foster kittens where you can leave a one-time donation or multiple however you want to do it. A free way to help out this podcast is to share this podcast on social media with your friends or leave a Apple podcast review, which just head to Apple podcasts, scroll down, leave a five-star review and write up a little comment. Thank you so much for supporting my podcast in whatever way you're able to support it. Until next time, party people.